to the neutral zone. Deals right. Marshall fires. He scores! Live from the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas studios and live at LVSportsNetwork.com. Smith to Marshall. 4-2 Golden Knights. This is the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show. Your destination for inside access with the team, exclusive player interviews, and breaking news from around the National Hockey League. Here are your hosts, Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. Welcome in to Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show, Fox Sports, Las Vegas, Wallace and Millard out at T-Mobile Arena. Chapman back inside the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports, Las Vegas Studios. Finley Chevrolet on the 215, home of the... We are here at T-Mobile Arena getting set for the game of the year. Not hyperbole. This is the game of the year. Nine contests left for the Vegas Golden Knights, uh, ten remaining for the Colorado Avalanche, and they are both involved in this battle for first place. Entering tonight, the Golden Knights have a four-point advantage. A regulation win will put them in the driver's seat. A loss of any kind closes the gap, and I say that uh, knowing that the Golden Knights schedule for the eight games after this is much more difficult than that of the Colorado Avalanche coming off a three-day break between games the Golden Knights if they ever needed a regulation win tonight is huge and it's it's interesting too when we look at this game because the Colorado Avalanche they're on a two-game losing streak and that's something that I don't think Colorado's used to this season and this is going to be a game where I think the urgency is firmly going to be with the Colorado Avalanche to right the ship after those two losses against the Blues. But I'm curious to see where urgent Colorado it lines up and matches up against a Golden Knights team that is kind of circling the water and realizing what lies ahead should they win this game. I'm not sure that Vegas shouldn't be as desperate. I, I think they should. I think they should. I just think when you look at the optics coming into this game, the Golden Knights on a nine-game win streak, mm-hmm. Colorado on a two-game losing streak, and knowing where where both teams sit right now compared to where they were three, four weeks ago, Colorado has to look at this game as a must-win. What I go on the other side, and, and I'll, I'll, I'll ask you the question. Mm-hmm. Have you ever seen a team, because it doesn't sound like you can wrap your head around this, have you ever seen a team that's four points up, on second place, mm-hmm. playing that second place team, that team that's four points up on first place, in first place, has a nine-game winning streak, and that team is the more desperate club? It doesn't make any sense. But knowing what the schedule is mm-hmm. going forward, the fact that Colorado has a game in hand, tonight goes a long way towards setting the table for the final two weeks. The regular season for the Golden Knights ends two weeks from tonight Mm -hmm. in San Jose for Vegas. You need tonight. You need arguably the two games that you have left against Colorado, but you really need tonight to put the pressure squarely on the Colorado Avalanche. Yeah, it's it's the pressure on the Colorado Avalanche, but it also will force Colorado to worry about what's coming up with the Minnesota Wild, who are on a seven-game win streak, who are right at the heels of the Colorado Avalanche, making that race for second, third place in the division 
interesting. I think you're absolutely right. For the Golden Knights, this is a great opportunity, and we've seen what this team has done all season long with great opportunities to to distance themselves from the opposition and to really stake claim to what their ultimate goal is, and that's winning this division. So how much pressure can the Golden Knights put on the Colorado Avalanche tonight? Let me explain it to you in another fashion. Okay. Vegas wins in regulation, and Minnesota continues its run. You will have Minnesota in second place, moving ahead of the Colorado Avalanche in the West Division. So Colorado immediately goes from thinking about first and chasing down the Golden Knights to to trying to secure second place and home ice advantage in that opening round of the Stanley Cup playoffs. So there's a whole bunch of little uh, points here why this game's huge tonight. First and foremost, it's creating... That six-point cushion, the largest that the Golden Knights have had all year mm-hmm. for first place. And then, like, bang, 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 down the list of, of about ten other ones that, that go into making the final two weeks fantastic. Yeah, I, I, I'm very much intrigued by this game. I'm very much looking forward to this game because what I think you're going to get is two incredibly motivated teams, two very desperate teams in this game. And I think that... Watching Vegas and watching Colorado leave everything on the ice, which is, I think, what we're getting everything set up for tonight, is going to be fun. Because these two teams, when they're playing, it's just fun hockey. I think it's going to be one of those games that lives up to the hype in terms of the product on the ice. I'm curious to see how Vegas starts tonight, coming off a three-day break, which is unprecedented in this campaign. Uh, One game in the last six which is in stark contrast to the 6-9 in nine that they went into uh, this break with. Will there be some lethargic play at the start of it, or will it be come out and just hit the ground running like uh, uh, Chandler Stevenson was after his three-game three suspension and out of a rocket ship, as a teammate told me? What kind of Golden Knights will we see? Will we see the intensity and the drive from the – Uh, Colorado avalanche that we've witnessed at times this year or will it be the club that has had trouble hitting its stride going one and two since they've come off their most recent COVID pause now the the COVID didn't go through their room like the Vancouver Canucks situation right but they did have a couple of players diagnosed with it one being Philip Grubauer who will not start tonight yep. for the Colorado Avalanche. They'll go with Devin Dubnik, who's uh, this will be his third, fourth start in the last uh, five games uh, for Devin Dubnik. Uh, I'm, there, there's a few things at play here. You wish that Colorado, if you wanted to truly go best and best, was at top of their game. Mm-hmm. That's, that's the uh, marquee sign. Best on best. What I'm thinking as, as a, from a Golden Knights point of view is you'll take every advantage that you can get right now. And, and hope that, uh, that it doesn't take you long to find your game coming off the rest. Yeah, it'll be interesting to me because I, I, I want to believe that what we're going to see from the Golden Knights early on in this game is what we saw from Chandler Stevenson when he got back into the, into the lineup, where, where you hit the ground running, you've got your game dialed in, you've got your energetic legs going, and then maybe it's that second period where maybe the adrenaline dumps a little bit, you get into a little bit of a lull. So I'm curious to see where the energy level is for the Golden Knights at the beginning of the game and how that kind of goes throughout the rest of the 60 minutes. 
but I'm also curious about the Colorado Avalanche and where they're at in terms of this game. One and two, as you mentioned, coming back from COVID. And, and really, like this is a team that I think holds themselves to a really high standard in the same way that the Golden Knights do. Losing two in a row doesn't sit well with the Colorado Avalanche, and I'm curious to see what kind of bite they have in this game. I'm also curious to see if this kind of follows the trend from what we've seen with other teams that the Golden Knights have played six, seven times where it gets a little nasty, a little chippy because of the familiarity and because of the battles that you've had back and forth all season long. On the last point, I think you'll see a little bit of that yeah. from both teams trying to send a message. Okay, we've, we've played. We had the great uh, spectacle in Tahoe and everything that went around the delay. We had uh, the completion of that four-game series. We've had uh, moments where we've both been uh, comfortably in first place and not been able to hold on to it. We've listened to everybody talk about all year how we are the two best teams in the National Hockey League. Now, two weeks from today, the regular season will conclude for the Golden Knights. It's not statement game, but I think there is some message sending to go with this game in the uh, just underneath the surface of the game. And as far as, as Colorado is concerned, they played the, the three games against St. Louis since they've come off the pause. They played one really good game. Mm -hmm. They played one so-so eh, game, some good spots. And then they played one game that wasn't nearly up to the standards of what we are uh, used to from the Colorado Avalanche. And they played those games with a win at the start and then the two losses. This team losing three in a row, just like the Golden Knights losing three in a row, there's a lot that has to go against a club like this to lose three in a row. This is when you want to play them at the back end of that. Jump on them. See if they're fr fragile at mm -hmm. all. See if you can uh, make them question themselves. And if you can do that a little bit, maybe that easier schedule in the back half gets a little bit tougher because you put some doubt into the Colorado Avalanche. Now, that's a really difficult thing to do because that is a great team. Yeah. The Golden Knights are a great team. There's no doubt, with all, dis, uh, all due respect to the Minnesota Wild, these two are the class of, of the West. I don't know whether they'll meet in the West Division Final, but they're certainly uh, the two scariest clubs in the league. And, and I think I'm, I'm so glad they're not coming off a back-to-back -back that we're going to see them at least with one day off, uh, which Colorado's had. Uh, no travel. Uh, they were able to, uh, to come in and get a practice in, in yesterday. Golden Knights uh, have had some rest. Looks like they're getting a little bit healthier based on yesterday's practice and then what uh, I witnessed today at the morning skate. Uh, I, I'm really excited to see these two teams uh, near uh, where they should be uh, being able to prepare for a game like this. I, I'm looking I'm looking at tonight's game and, and really for me it comes down to the Golden Knights and their ability to use the rest that they had to get themselves back in control and and, and really I understand that conventional wisdom of saying you're on a nine-game win streak you just want to keep playing you just mm -hmm. want to continue to be in the Not rhythm of playing every every other day I disagreed with yeah. that 100 percent because for me. Down the stretch, nine games left, including tonight's game for the Golden Knights, and then the real fun begins. And then you've got to be ready 100% to go for the playoffs. You take whatever rest you can get, and you take whatever practice time you can get. And for the Golden Knights, getting an actual practice in, 
matters. It, I think it really does matter for this team. And I'm curious to see how that kind of translates to this game. One practice in. They got one practice in in, in, in the three days. I'll take one yeah. over over zero over the last one. But isn't that month? incredible? There is uh, three days between games, and they only skated once. Yeah. That's how important rest is. That's how much of a role fatigue was playing with this team, even on a nine-game road trip. Uh, that's I think it's a real credit to the coaching staff and, and management, uh, and I think it's a huge influence from the sports science department to to keep uh, a coach away from the rink and his players uh, knowing how pivotal practice and influential practice can be and how close you are to the regular season. Uh, if you ever doubted the rest uh, importance, you just saw it on what the Golden Knights did for the last uh, three days. Is it really kind of illuminating how much of a read and how in tune Pete DeBoer is with this team to understand and to really get exactly what is needed from this club night in and night out. No, I think you're seeing just a veteran coach. Yeah. A guy that's, that's been around championship teams at the major junior level uh, and ran his own program there and then broke in and had a, had a couple of uh, high-profile runs in in the National Hockey League to get to this stage where you're a decade into your career and you've gone to a couple of Stanley Cup finals and you've seen almost every situation and now coming off of uh, off of a crazy last year I mean I think if if it was a year ago at this time mm-hmm. you might have you might have seen Pete DeBoer push back and want to practice two of the three days instead of one of the three days, because he was still in the infancy of getting to know his team. Mm-hmm. Now he's, I mean, he knows what this group is. It's evolving a little bit. There's players that have been moved out, players have been moved in, uh, players that have been hurt, uh, players have been brought up and moved on the taxi squad. But he's, he knows this team, and he's, and he's watched, he's had a lot of success with this team. Mm-hmm. By way of that, an eight-game winning streak last year, nine-game winning streak right now, he knows what this team needs to do when it plays well. And uh, I think there's a, a, a difference between thinking you know and then witnessing it firsthand. He's watched two incredible performances from this, this club the last two years yeah. on long runs. And I, I think just knowing that, being a veteran coach, and, uh, and and having some time with this group is, is huge and goes into what we just witnessed in handling the rest. Yeah, I, I think there's a, a real synergy between the group, between the club, and between the, the coach and head coach Pete DeBoer. I, I think that, you, you know, the coaches trust that Pete knows what they need. And, and I think that Pete also trusts that when when you have a day, when you have three days and you only have one practice, that when push comes to shove for this game, the players are going to execute the way that Pete expects them to. Then you got to flip the switch. Yeah. Now, now tell me, when you are worked to the bone mm-hmm. and you get a day off, you take a breath, and then you go right back at it. When you are worn right down and you get a week off or a long weekend off, is it almost tougher go back to work after that break than after just the one day break 
I, I think so. I, I, I do. I, I think that there's there's an element of, of just kind of getting out of the routine of your day-to-day that once you're back in it after a day to whatever, um, you've got to sort of fine-tune, relearn. What well, you realize you're... after a three- or four-day break, you realize how tired you really are. Yeah. And no, uh, 100%. And, and I, I, I do think that there's there's something to that. Like, there have been times where – I've needed a little bit of, of, of a jolt just to kind of get myself back into the throes of my day-to-day. When I've gotten yeah. two or three days off, it, it's, it's taken a minute. That's it's human a process. Nature. Yeah. So that's why I wonder about the start tonight, whether we see and whether the players are instructed by the coaching staff to play a very simple north-south game tonight and, and push the pace that way. Uh, because this this is a team that's encouraged to make plays at at every position, at every point of the depth chart. If you're on Mark Stone's line, you're encouraged to make plays. If you're on the Meat Grinders line, you're encouraged to make plays. If you're on the third deep pairing, you're encouraged to make plays. I wonder if that if that strategy is a little simpler to start for the first ten minutes tonight, and you just try to go up and down the ice as much as you can and get yourself into the game. Uh, I'd, uh, I I would think it would be somewhere along that line towards, hey, if you've, you've got a two-on-one, you're still allowed to pass if you want to pass. <laughs> but if you, but the, in the neutral zone and it's a, it's a regular uh, shift, you, you throw that puck deep and you go get it and you get yourself and your body into the game. Yeah, I, I think that... And your teammates. Yeah, I, I think that that, just when you look at the Colorado Avalanche, that to me is, is where the game plan really is for the Golden Knights. Like I, I think that this team has found the most success against Colorado when they've been able to get pucks down deep behind the defense of the Colorado Avalanche and then go to work down low. Like I, I would like to see that be the game plan for the Golden Knights just simply because I think it's effective against Colorado. You're making the Colorado Avalanche come 200 feet through five guys in order to get opportunities. That's where I think the Golden Knights need to be in this game. This game, when I examine the possibilities of, of what can come out of it for the Golden Knights, it's planting a seed of doubt yeah. in the Colorado Avalanche, who have managed to be around the mix all year and, and won the highest profile game of the year and forced the Golden Knights to make uh, their biggest changes of the year. Those biggest changes came after... Uh, the the loss in the Tahoe game where they switched up all the lines. Like, this is the Colorado Avalanche are the team that caused the most disruption to the Golden Knights season. Vegas responded. Mm-hmm. Can Vegas and Pete DeBoer and Mark Stone and Max Pacioretty and Alex Petrangelo go and do the same thing to the Colorado Avalanche, but with a lot less runway before the Stanley Cup playoffs? Yeah, I think that's a great point that you bring up because the Golden Knights were tested and were challenged Mm. earlier on this season against the Colorado Avalanche. And fortunately for them, they were able to respond immediately. They were able to respond that next game. And that's what's been been fortunate, I think, for the Golden Knights. They've had opportunities after Colorado has planted a seed. The Golden Knights have been able to answer that. For the Colorado Avalanche, whatever happens in tonight's game, it's not going to be an immediate answer for Colorado against this club. They go at it the second-to-last game of the season for the Golden Knights. So it's going to be a while. If Vegas can plant that seed of doubt, then 
it's going to take some time for the Colorado Avalanche to get back here against this team to prove that seed of doubt wrong. So the season series looks like this. Vegas won the first game, one nothing. Lost game two, 3-2. Uh, Colorado won game three, 3-2. That was the Tahoe game. Mm-hmm. And then Vegas won 3 nothing. The two games since have featured a Colorado win and a Vegas win. You start to look at the season series through that, and you start tallying up points. And, and that's why regulation win tonight mm-hmm. is big, just to give yourself that, that advantage in, in the season series and the opportunity to win any type of tiebreaker that you have. Another one of those little elements that is just floating below the surface of that frozen floor on T-Mobile Arena. That's good. Uh, what do you what do you think we see then in in tonight's game from the Avalanche perspective? Uh, we've talked a lot about from the Golden Knights perspective. What type of game are they going to play? What are you looking for? What are you expecting to see out of Colorado tonight? I think you'll see uh, some nastiness. Yeah, uh, a little bit like Nazem Kadri. There's a player. If if I'm on the Colorado fan base, mm-hmm. I'm anticipating noticing Nazem do something to be uh, involved in the first 15 minutes of this game. Yeah. And he does. Whether it's uh, he goes down with an injury, uh, which he, he does, and he bounces back fairly. Uh, and, and, and I have fun with Naz all the time about that. <laughs> because and, and part of the reason why is because he gets hacked and slashed and punched and because and, he's right in the middle of the thick of things. Yeah. So I think, I think that, that second line play, plays a role. Uh, and then uh, just sp- – I want to see if if there's some speed, if there's some because that's that's their game. Vegas has a little bit more versatility to its game. Uh, Colorado is speed and and get it going. Can can Colorado find that magic touch that that creates the gaps that that gets their D involved and by leading the rush or being part of the rush? Uh, I, I think th- this team it, it's no breaking news that they get a lot of their energy from their back end. Mm-hmm. Is that going in, in the right direction? Uh, the other part is, can they defend well enough against a, a bigger group uh, up front against Vegas? Defending a, in, a, in a situation like this, defending is as important for the Colorado Avalanche as scoring goals. This may surprise you. Goals for this year. Mm-hmm. Colorado has 162, 162 goals scored this season. Vegas, 160. Hmm. And we think automatically yes. this high-powered, fast, dynamic team mm-hmm. in Colorado. Yeah. And they are. Yeah. But one last game, two goals shy uh, offensively. Vegas matches up pretty well. I uh more than any point, too, I'm curious to see how Vegas handles the confidence. They, they haven't played Colorado with this type of confidence. Right. There's, there's, there's something that goes, goes with that, that little swagger. You're not, you're not questioning. You're not hoping. You're, not, you're, like, you're, you're full of, of jump right now and real belief in your game. You know, it's it's really interesting because we, we always kind of play these games up as, as measuring sticks, specifically early on in the season. Yeah, but And they are. And, and they, are, they are in that moment, right? But we always have the next game on the horizon. We always have that next 
mile marker to look at. And for the Golden Knights, from the last time these two teams met to where they are right now, the Golden Knights game has matured so much. They have gotten to a point where I think that that you have supreme confidence that if you go out there, you execute your game plan the way that you have been over the last nine games, ten games, whatever it may be, you could beat the Colorado Avalanche. You could go out there and, and make it a game that's decisive and make it a game that Colorado has to sit back and say, what just happened and how do we fix it? So you, you make the point that those are measuring sticks at the moment, but they do come together at a moment like right now mm-hmm. when we're a couple of hours before the game and the players are going through their video and their preparation uh, for the game. The win in game four of the season series of those four games in a row coming off the Tahoe game was massive in my estimation because it made it Mm 2-2. And the next time they played, it wasn't, well, Colorado took three of those four games. There was no discussion about the record because it was a saw-off. Sure. Then Colorado blitzed Vegas Mm 5-1. And what did what did Vegas do? One, they came back with Mark Andre Fleury. Yep, yep. The only time that they've gone against the rotation, the entire time that Pete DeBoer has been coaching this club in the regular season, was those two games in Denver. And what happened in Game Two? Vegas played a great game and won, sawing off the season series at three three. So instead of being what four five one. In the season series, you've got 3-3. And those those games, those measuring sticks are huge in the moment, but they're also massively uh, influencing our conversation right now because we're not talking about this being a game for first place, uh, but Colorado's won four of six mm-hmm. or five of six. Yep. We're talking about this being a huge game for first place uh, and the, the potential of deciding who's going to have the number one seed in the Western Conference. But the season series, we're not bringing that up because there's nothing been decided in that. Yeah, and, and I think that it's just one of those situations where over the course of, of this season, what we've really thought about Colorado and Vegas stands to be true. These are two incredibly close teams. Mm-hmm. Two very, very good elite teams. They've been that way all season long, and there really isn't much right now that distinguishes the two of them they are so close in terms of goals scored goals uh, goals allowed like they are so close that these are just two teams that are incredibly close together in terms of the standings and in terms of their execution on the game more on this game and i'll give you an idea of why tonight matters no matter who's in the lineup that's when we continue live from t-mobile arena this is the vgk insider show ahead of a massive game at the fortress on fox sports las vegas we're back to the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas, 98.9 FM and 1340 AM. Big game tonight, T-Mobile Arena, Vegas Golden Knights, and the Colorado Avalanche. Pride night as well. Uh, I've got my wonderful T-shirt on. It's very cool. And uh, design team over at the Vegas Golden Knights actually uh, came up with this one tonight. 
I like it. It's like it's got everything in it. Really cool. Picked one up for my daughter on the way uh, uh, home today. So uh, there's uh, there's that, the great messaging uh, and inclusion in the Pride Nights uh, event tonight at T-Mobile Arena and the Golden Knights trying to expand their lead for first place in the West Division, uh, trying to take over first place in the National Hockey League, which gives you the home ice advantage when you get to the third round should you qualify for that. Uh, no conference pl- playoffs this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, the final four will be seeded based on regular season points, one to four. So there is another carrot that goes with the, the two points that are on the line tonight. Uh, I've heard it said, Ryan Wallace, okay, that it's too bad that Philip Grubauer is not in the lineup or uh, Ryan Reeves isn't going to play tonight, that, that these teams, uh, we, we won't get a true indication of where these teams are at because they don't have their full lineups going tonight to which i counter that may not be the case tonight and it may be even less of a representation of what you'd normally see when both teams are healthy to begin a season in in two weeks when they play and if they face each other in the second round of the playoffs it may be a a skeleton of the lineups tonight because of attrition this may be as as healthy as these two teams are going to get based on the hard hockey that has been played and the carryover into the hard hockey that comes. So dance with the one that brought you, and hopefully you keep beat with the music. I mean, I, I think that in much the same way you can't control the schedule. you got to play who's in front of you. You've got to play the teams that are on the schedule no matter how they come to you, whether they're injured, whether there are injuries to key players, whatever the case may be. I think that I just want to know when the Golden Knights are healthy and the Colorado Avalanche are healthy, which team has the edge, right? Like, ideally, that would be great. Ideally, if we had a matchup with both clubs fully healthy, that would give us a little bit more information than what we have right now. So that one of like a video game rating. Like yeah, I mean, they're, I, they're 99, I, I they're would, 97. No, I just I would like video game health. Mm-hmm. But I, like, I, I understand it's not realistic. Like, I get that. And for the Golden Knights, it, it doesn't really matter who is or isn't in the lineup for Colorado. For Vegas, there are question marks in terms of their lineup. Both teams have those question marks. So right now, it's, it's which team's going to be better tonight based on the lineups that they have. The uh, goaltending situation for the Colorado Avalanche does make a difference, but not as much as it would have had they not gone out and acquired Devin Dubnik. I agree with that. Uh, JoJo or others, uh, certainly JoJo, uh, Jonas Johansson, uh, is the third goaltender who has played okay at times, uh, but came over from Buffalo, and he was he was acquired right in the middle of their like 39-game losing streak uh, that Buffalo uh, incurred. So I... Like he's he wasn't the answer. He mm-hmm. wasn't he was some depth to get you through a certain period of time, but uh, he's not somebody that you want to play a big game like this with. Doesn't have the experience. Doesn't have the have the body of work. Uh, Dubnik's been in some high profile situations, and and is a veteran goaltender. Maybe doesn't have the the numbers this year or at the end of last year, but he's certainly a big step up. And I don't and to. Ferrari's another way. I don't think it's, it's as big of a drop-off uh, to Philip Grubauer. I don't think it is either, and I think it also affords the Colorado Avalanche to get an idea, just to get a look of what 
the landscape looks like with their goaltending should something happen to Philip Grubauer in a couple of weeks. Should there be a hiccup or an issue in the playoffs, this stretch for Devin Dubnik allows the Colorado Avalanche to know what they're getting in that goaltender in in this context and what he's going to be able to do for them there. I think they'd much rather not know what they have in this goaltender and be able to play uh, Philip Grubauer every game. I think that you're right, but (laughs) as we just talked about with injuries, you just never know. Uh, At the start of the year, Grubauer, Dubnik. Not a lot of separation. Some, because Dubnik uh, certainly... Uh, had lost his job in the back half of last year with the Minnesota Wild. The Bell's going through the rehearsal here at T-Bubble, in case you uh, you can't tell. Uh, but, but, but right now, uh, Dubnik, it was, a, it was a couple of weeks ago, Dubnik in this building played very, very well uh, and, and eventually got worn down yeah. by, by the Vegas Golden Knights, but gave his team an opportunity to be in the game. So you're not getting a free pass in, in playing the backup of the of the uh, Colorado Avalanche tonight. No, not at all. It's going to be on the Golden Knights to create the chances that they need to win this game. And, you know, for the Colorado Avalanche, a team that, that throughout this season has defended well, their goals against have, have been down. Yeah. I, it's, it's going to be on the Golden Knights to create the looks that they're going to need to beat Devin Dubnik, who is a goaltender you go out you get the insurance policy and and he's a capable nhl goaltender it's not going to be an easy ride for the golden knights tonight to find offense hey can i ask you a social media question nothing to do with hockey yeah go absolutely for absolutely nothing to do with hockey so i just during the commercial break i posted the the picture of me in my my pride t-shirt my golden knights pride shirt okay and how do people like that stuff so fast well i mean it's it's instant but do they do, are they standing by their phones well, and it pops it, up and they, they like it or can you preset your your Instagram or your uh, Twitter just just to automatically like things because well, I can tell you I posted that thing and a buddy of mine in California uh-huh it was it was liked before I could even finish getting my thumb off the button I don't think that's true I don't think that's true I'm but, telling but you there, that's why I asked the question so there are ways in which your followers people that follow you can set their notifications to be alerted every single time you well this person wasn't doing that well you don't know that yeah if it was that instantaneous maybe they do maybe you have a newfound appreciation for how much this person values your opinion this person's a movie producer i don't know it's possible yeah you know know the saw series actually former owner of national hockey league team too yeah, uh, but but I I just don't understand how you can like something that fast. I mean, maybe they're on Twitter a lot. Yeah, that might be the case too. Uh, congratulations uh, uh, coming out of this uh, this last couple of hours uh, in the National Hockey League play, going back to last night, as we've got uh, the Florida Panthers and the Tampa Bay Lightning uh, getting together for a, a qualification for the Stanley Cup playoffs. So all I care about in terms of of that division and the playoffs is that we get Florida and Tampa Bay in a playoff series. I don't care if it's the first round, though I want it to be in the first round. I just want to see the Florida Panthers and the Tampa Bay Lightning in a playoff series because it would be too much fun, and that's exactly what those two teams need to build a rivalry that will stand for at least another couple of seasons. If the playoffs started today, they would face each other in the first round. 
and Florida would have home ice advantage. That's beautiful. Where is Florida's performance this year on your list of surprises? Top, it, middle, bottom. It's it's right up there for me. And and again, like when when the season started, I, I think maybe what 12, 13 games in, I, I think you asked me, do I buy the Florida Panthers? And I said, no, I don't, because you know you can go on a stretch, you can go on a run, but I've got to see this team do it all season long. Right now, as they've clinched the playoffs. Certainly, I believe that the Florida Panthers are as good as they've shown. And the fact that they have not really missed a beat since Aaron Ekblad went down, I think speaks volumes to that team, to that club, and also to, to Joel Quinville, who's done a fantastic job. So I like the Florida Panthers. I don't know that I'm going to pick them over the Tampa Bay Lightning, but I think it's going to be a very intriguing series should we get that in the first round. So a couple of observations on the, uh, the Florida Panthers. One. Uh, Sasha Barkov is playing some of the best hockey in the National Hockey League right now. Mm -hmm. And that includes Connor McDavid and uh, Leon Dreisaitl and Mark Stone and uh, Nate McKinnon. Like He is on fire right yes. now. Uh, number two, Sam Bennett may be the best trade deadline acquisition. So good. Across the league. Yes. Uh, he is uh, just fit in on that second line and is producing like you always expected a uh, top five draft pick to produce. He's only 24 years old. It feels like he's been in the league forever, especially with that mustache. Maybe that uh, uh, <laughs> doesn't. And, and here's number three. Last night, they were pounding the Dallas Stars and ended up winning it by way of, was it Dallas they played last night? Or Nashville. Sorry, it Nashville. Nashville. It was yeah. Nashville. They had uh, like almost 50 shots through two periods, mm -hmm. but were, were losing. Yep. They took Bobrovsky out yep. and put in Spencer Knight, Yep, the kid, mm -hmm. like his second National Hockey League appearance. Mm -hmm. And I've seen it before, and I'm not saying it's going to happen, but don't be surprised if there's a goalie controversy there at some point. Joel Quenville has won three Stanley Cups as coach of the uh, Chicago Blackhawks. He won it with Antti Niemi. Mm -hmm. He won it with Corey Crawford. And he won it with two goaltenders. And Corey Crawford and the backup. Scott Darling. Scott Darling. Scott Darling got them through a series against Nashville and yep. another series. He's not afraid to play different guys. If he's the most... I've never seen a coach who enjoys winning more than Joel <laughs> Quenville. Like, he is passionate. He runs down the hall. He's, it's, it's, there's Joel Quenville, and then there's every other coach sure. when it comes to just purely enjoying winning. A lot of guys hate to lose. Joel loves to win. If he's got a chance to win, he'll start the guy. And, like, Bobrovsky's going to begin the playoffs. Yeah. But if it goes, if it goes wobbly... Just you heard it here on the BGK Insider Show that the, the Florida Panthers could go three deep in their goaltending with Chris Friedrich. You know, it, it's interesting because as we we talked about earlier on in the show with Pete DeBoer, kind of just really understanding what his team needs on a day-to-day -day basis within the, with the context of this season. Like Joel Quinville is not afraid to change something up if no. he thinks it's going to help his team. 
and you point to the goaltenders. You point to, you know, having having a guy in Corey Crawford that won a Stanley Cup and realizing he doesn't have it and realizing you've got to go to the next guy and riding that guy until you've got to go back to Corey Crawford and then having all of those decisions pay off for you, I'm fascinated, especially when I consider what Spencer Knight did last night in the third period. And how about the what they did in training camp going into the season with Keith Yandel? Yeah. And there was talk that they were going to scratch him. Yes. And right now he's got the, the longest current active, uh, whatever terminology you want to use, Ironman streak. Like he, doesn't, he doesn't just give you uh, uh, the, the spotlight because you've been around a long time or you've got something going on. He's going to go uh, against it. So uh, that'll be interesting. Florida and Tampa Bay right now, 2-3 in the Central Division, the top heavy Central Division, and then there's that great race for the final spot. Carolina, by the way, leads the Central Division. Shouldn't uh, omit them. But there's the fight for the final playoff position, Nashville and Dallas. And that's no gimme either, the way that those teams have turned around their seasons. Uh, The Central Division is going to be one fascinating loop to watch. You know, I'm not saying that that I'm expecting it, but how wild is it, just in terms of this season, that if Tampa were to finish – First, Like if they were to go on a bit of a run here mm-hmm. and Tampa finishes first and Dallas squeezes in, the oh, Stanley yeah. Cup finalists could be playing in the first round of the playoffs this year. Would you call that consecutive series? It would have to be, wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah. I that's guess a, so. A year weird. apart? Weird. Are playing for the second straight series. Well, there has been the case where the Stanley Cup finalists have played in the same division before going back to the early 80s. Okay. But I don't think that... <laughs> hmm, let me think about that. I get it. Original six, it would have had to have happened because sure. the, the odds. Yep. Although Chicago wasn't very good for a long time, uh, which may actually help that out. I don't know. That's a really interesting stat. I'll have to ask, uh, I'll ask the, uh, the friendly neighborhood stats department uh, about that. They were the ones that came up with the Domi Domi leading the uh, <laughs> leading the National Hockey League, the first father son to lead the National Hockey League potentially in penalty minutes in, in separate years. So uh, I'll, I'll lean on them. I, Carolina, Florida, Tampa Bay are all in, and then it's Nashville and Dallas fighting for the final spot. Looks like Chicago's out of it now. Yeah, I I think that you know Chicago lasted and, and hung around about as long as. I, as anybody would have, I guess, expected longer. them to longer, longer than anyone anyone would have expected. Remember them to? their start? We were wondering, like, oh, how ugly is this going to be? <laughs> yes, yes. And you know what? They they Patrick Kane was fantastic. They they got better goaltending than I think they anticipated having. And you know, it's it's good for for the young players in that in that organization to to be in the hunt as long as they were this season. In terms of that fourth spot, I, I'm still sticking with Dallas. I'm not going to waver from that. That's my team, and I'm sticking to it. Hmm. Okay. Card-carrying member of the Dallas Stars fan club. That's uh, what it Nashville is. right now uh, occupies that fourth spot by two points, but it is the Dallas Stars that have uh, a little bit of uh, a game in hand, uh, two games in hand uh, on the Nashville Predators. Uh, what do you think of Tampa's rings, quickly? They're did, awesome. Did you see the championship rings? Yes, they're amazing. So when you... It's like one of those pictures where you look at it at a different angle, different mm-hmm. things pop up. Yeah. Well, and, and the Stanley Cup shifts. It, it, it rotates. Sh- yeah, it rotates, which is like I'm I'm a I'm a nerd for anything that like when you can pull something out and reveal a hidden 
a hidden message or a hidden room or whatever, like anything that is is not plainly seen, I'm a nerd for. And, and I think that's really cool to have that on a championship ring. I see those, and I think, boy, would a shield look good on that. <laughs> would a shield ever pop on something like that? Uh, we're going to take a break. Good news of the day is coming up. And then the last half hour of the VGK Insider Show, as tonight's game will start uh, early at 6.30. So we have a 90-minute VGK show uh, on this great Wednesday. National audience taking in the Golden Knights and the Colorado Avalanche. This is the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas. It's time for the good news of the day on the VGK Insider Show. The good news of the day is brought to you by Silver State Schools Credit Union, prioritizing people over profit, and it's good news today out of Los Angeles. Quinton Byfield will make his NHL debut tonight against the Anaheim Ducks. Byfield, the second overall pick in the 2020 NHL entry draft, has registered 20 points in 30 games with the Ontario Reign. He ranks second in goals, assists, and points for the Kings AHL club. It's always a joy to get the nod to play in the NHL, and Byfield gets the look tonight for the Kings. And it'll be interesting to kind of keep tabs on Byfield and, and the rest of this season for L.A. and what's to come as as we look ahead for L.A. at least to next season. I'm a little surprised it took this long. that they too. That they took this much time to give him his shot. It, he, I mean, there's no OHL. Yeah. So that's why he didn't go back and play junior. Uh, the American Hockey League is is a great league, and being able to play those 30 games is is outstanding. But this, I mean, Sturzel was up early. Uh, the the time that they took in in this shortened season to squeeze him in near the very end just made me uh, raise an eyebrow or two. I'm I'm glad he's going. I think he's going to be a really powerful player. Uh, and you know how players compare themselves. Like, why is that guy up? Right. Lafreniere's been playing all year. Yeah. Stutzel's in. Why am I not? Why am I not playing right now? Uh, and uh, I, I give them, I give tip of the hat to them. But I'm a little bit surprised too. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of surprised that he wasn't up sooner. But I, I think with the with the LA Kings, just in terms of of what they're trying to build, I think patience is where they're they're looking and getting him some games this season. Hopefully, that's something that they believe will help him next season when I think the Kings are going to try to make a push there for the playoffs. I wonder if they would have been out of it sooner. They would have brought him up, but they were in the race, yeah. and they drop out, and you'd think that they were done, and then they'd win a couple of games, and they'd be right back into it. I wonder if that uh, that made a difference. But I'm looking forward to seeing him play. Uh, he's a really talented, big, heavy player. Uh, I'm really uh, looking forward to see what he can do at this next level. Enjoy the night, Quinton Byfield. That is the good news of the day, brought to you by Silver State Schools Credit Union, prioritizing people over profit. Kempe dishes in front, another sliding head saved by Flurry, this time to his right. Because one hour isn't enough, we welcome you back for hour number two of the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show. Here is a left wing opportunity, Lizana sliding head save, Robin Leonard, what a stop. From the Finley Chevrolet, Fox Sports Las Vegas Studios, and live at LVSportsNetwork.com, with your hosts, Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. 
Doors about to open up at T-Mobile Arena. We are situated camera left of the castle at the Fortress. Uh, looking forward to the Vegas Golden Knights and the Colorado Avalanche facing off two weeks ago in the season for the Vegas Golden Knights. A four-point cushion on first place. They can make it six with the regulation win tonight. And there's nine games to go. We are in the stretch drive. Darren Millard along with Ryan Wallace. It's Chris Chapman back at uh, Fox Sports uh, Radio's Control Studio in downtown Las Vegas as we look forward to this. couple of pieces of business uh, first. I need to know from the listeners, what's it called when you hear a piece of music and then you're able to play it? There's a term for that. Uh, I can't, it's not playing by ear, but it's, there's a term for that. Uh, the other one is we've got something to give away. Yes, we do. Let's give something away. And here we go. Caller numbers 5 and six we're giving two things away right now callers number five and six you get a haircut hot lather neck shave and shoulder massage plus a free massage shampoo from floyd's 99 cuts and color 702-876-1340 callers number five and six you've won a free haircut from floyd's 99 cut and color with two locations in henderson at stephanie and sunset and South Rainbow and the 215. Two of our favorite listeners could use that, Darren Elliott and of Bruce Cusack, who's listening to us right now. Bruce Cusack uh, getting his lineup ready, the PA announcer for the Vegas Golden Knights as the Golden Knights prepare for the Colorado Avalanche. Does it feel different tonight? We've anticipated games before. We've looked forward to matchups this season. But as you approach the game 50 point of this season does tonight have a different vibe to it i think it does i i I think when whenever we get the the golden knights and the colorado avalanche and to an extent vegas versus minnesota or st louis there's always a different feel for me because you you get the best out of both teams i think when when the golden knights play colorado there's another level that they go to and the same with the colorado avalanche so the product on the ice always seems to be just a little bit tighter a little bit closer to that playoff intensity that we expect between two clubs that have been atop this division all season long in that regard it feels different for me tonight potential to widen the gap to six points on first place for first place for the Vegas Golden Knights uh, lineup uh, decisions lineup uh, choices uh, to be made for coach Pete DeBoer Sure looked like Riley Smith was moving well enough this morning at the pregame uh, skate after practicing yesterday that he might be in. Um, Keaton Kolasar in much the same boat. So you might get closer to what we expect uh, the Golden Knights to be uh, from this game with the return of the veteran and the rookie. Yeah, I I think you get Riley Smith back in the lineup. That's a, a big key for the Golden Knights. You are... A, a better hockey team when Riley Smith is lined up and he is healthy for you. And then as far as Keaton Kolasar goes, I mean, listen, we've talked about Kolasar all season long. This is a guy that just goes to the front of the net and gets chances. He's had chances all year long, and, and I think that you, you could use, especially when you talk about this game and the physicality that you might see from the Colorado Avalanche, you singled out Nazem Kadri as somebody that's just going to try to disturb some things in this game early. You kind of need that answer from a player like Keegan Kolsar, who has shown on multiple occasions this season 
to be exactly what you need in those moments should you need to go there. Uh, Colorado will not have its number one goaltender, Philip Grubauer. Tomasz Nosek will not play for the Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, I doubt that uh, we'll see Nick Waugh uh, in this game. Uh, but it's, it's both teams that are nicked up a little bit. Both, both teams that uh, are healthy enough that you should be able to see enough of the game to not have any excuses. Yeah, I, I don't think that there's excuses in this game. Uh, again, with, with the Golden Knights, you're looking at a team that, that is still going to be missing some players, and the same thing for the Colorado Avalanche. And really, when you get down to this, this time of the season, you just come to expect that, you come to realize that, and that's not something that you're going to use as an excuse the Colorado Avalanche, whatever the lineup they go with tonight, they believe can win a hockey game. The same thing for the Golden Knights. We'll see who ends up winning it. Battle for first place. Here's Pete DeBoer on the mental approach to a big game at T-Mobile Arena. Well, for sure it is. Uh, you know, you got to find that fine line where you're you're engaged, uh, but you're also executing. You're not you're not just uh, racing around the ice, uh, you know, full of energy, not making good decisions. So. That's always the fine line you're looking for. I think we got a veteran team. I think we understand that. Um, I also anticipate they're going to be great tonight. I think, uh, you know, particularly their big big line had an off night in St. Louis the other night. And you know, my history with those type of players like McKinnon is when they have an off night, they usually come roaring back. So I'm anticipating uh, they're going to be good. Isn't that uh, an interesting take on it? You're sitting back and you're watching, uh, and you're Pete DeBoer, you're a member of the coaching staff or a, a player from the Vegas Golden Knights, and you, you take in that game against the St. Louis Blues, and you're happy because the big line's not doing anything, mm -hmm. and the St. Louis Blues take control of the game. So they're doing you a favor, the Blues, mm -hmm. and you're going, just, just don't, don't erupt here and take away the, the potential of a swing uh, for us. And then the game ends, and you go, uh-oh. They're going to be really. They're going to be really going for uh, for bear uh, against us the next game. Yeah, it turns it, in an instant. It, it's a it's a fine line there, right? Like you know, maybe if uh, if McKinnon could have scored a couple of goals and still yeah. they, they lose the game in regulation, yeah. like that's kind of what you're hoping for. Yeah. But I I mean, listen, like we've seen the Golden Knights throughout this season at various times keep Nathan McKinnon in check. It's not always easy, but it is something the Golden Knights have been able to do throughout this regular season matchup and so you know how to do it you know what the blueprint is you you've got to find a way to do it again tonight a couple of decisions for Pete DeBoer on what to do with his uh, his third and his fourth line uh, with uh, Riley Smith uh, returning to the lineup and the anticipation that uh, that Keegan Colasar is close I don't want to name him back in the lineup but uh, there's Yanmark Sakura uh, Sakura did the media availability this morning are you one to go on that? Like, if they if he's available <laughs> and he's speaking at this point in time, does that mean he's in the lineup? Like, we we read into these uh, these things. Uh, Jan Mark, I would uh, guess, would go uh, to the middle uh, on that line, and you would have uh, Secura on that third line along with uh, Alex Tuck, and then uh, fill in the uh, the meat grinders uh, with Keegan Colasar. So we'll see we'll see where that goes. Uh, on that front and how how things backfill is dylan coglin an honorary meat grinder now i would say so okay that's fine like i i i'm i'm all for it i was just asking the question uh, it's we've kind of become numb to the 
to the idea <laughs> that the defenseman is playing on the wing mm-hmm. for half a game yep. every night and starts out up front every night. And like it used to be uh, a real novelty, a real change, and and I think in some cases it still is. Sure. Like if you, if you're going to put uh, uh, John Merrill up there, like we saw at, at times a year ago, well, you know what what you're getting out of John Merrill. Mm-hmm. Dylan Coughlin, we haven't seen the production, but he he doesn't it doesn't stand out to you. He's, a, he's such a great skater. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A- at times I find that he gets caught in between where he's 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 like his instincts are to cover the front of the net or or cover over in in the corner mm-hmm. and but that's not his spot because he's a winger yeah. and then you realize and then he turns around and goes back to his, his normal spot. So it's a, it's actually a, a really tough predicament for a player to be bouncing back and forth in game for multiple games in a row, but he's done a pretty good job. What I find interesting is, is or when, when I notice Coglin out of place, is when later in the game he's lined up as a defenseman. Mm. Because I'll sit there and I'll see Coglin on the ice, and I'm looking around for that extra defenseman, and it's not there. And I'm like, oh, okay, this is a defensive shift for Dylan Coglin. Where's he lined up on the, uh, <laughs> on the hash marks? Is he inside or is he outside <laughs> the hash marks? It, it's, it's a game within a game, really. Where's Coglin today? There you go. That's uh, that's uh, that's it. Here's uh, Alex Petrangelo. Just on, uh, not on the preparation for tonight because we, I think we know what the players are looking for. But it's a big part of the season, a big game in the season. And how do the players approach that? Yeah, I think that preparation um, was important yesterday. We did a lot of things in practice that um, we're going to be important for tonight so uh, i think tonight or this morning guys come in here to get what they need to get to you know prepare we know it's a big game they know it's a big game uh good measuring stick i guess for both sides here uh going down the stretch but uh, i think yesterday was important for us to kind of dial it in after taking a couple days off and go over the stuff that we have to to uh to get ready for tonight i like it when players call it a big game when they're not shy about recognizing the moment and the influence of the points that are available tonight, whether it's a regulation win or a three-point game. This contest and the the winner and loser tonight will be in very different spots uh, than they uh, than they might have hoped coming in. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a big game. And, and you know, I, I think every single player on the ice tonight fully recognizes what's at stake here. And, and what this might mean for the rest of the season and what it means really for seeding in the playoffs. So, you know, it, in the context of, of this entire season and everything that, that the Golden Knights and the Colorado Avalanche have done to build to this moment, it's huge. It's huge. Uh, defensive pairings. Looks like they, they're, they may start with the switch that we've seen down the stretch during this nine-game winning streak. It happened early on in the run. And it's it's stayed status quo. How do you how do you break up what you're seeing in Alec Martinez and Alex Petrangelo, and McNabb and Shea Theodore? Uh, Shea Theodore is now top five in points, uh, defensive scoring, and the Martinez Petrangelo uh, combination is really comfortable. Yeah, I, I like the makeup right now of the Golden Knights defense. I, I like what you're getting in terms of production out of Shea Theodore. And then I like the the level that Alex Petrangelo has taken his game to over the last seven or eight games. Just how active he's been in the offensive zone, how he's been controlling games. 
it's 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 been one of those seasons for Petrangelo where every time he's kind of gotten to this point, he's had to take a step back. Yeah. And now he's here, and and he looks very comfortable and every bit the player you were expecting him to be. Three, it's three different seasons for him. Yeah. The start, then COVID, come back, then the injury, mm-hmm. and now uh, continuing on. I, I misread it because when Pete DeBoer shuffled the pairings around, it was mid-game in L.A., I think, and I thought it was just to give everybody just a, a fresh look and try something out. Get, and, and Pete was quoted as saying, this is the time to test drive sure. things, not in four games into the Stanley Cup playoffs. And that would be for a couple of games. Mm-hmm. See what you got, and then you go back to the regular pairings. But it, but it hasn't. They they've stayed with this and and run with it. Keep it. Like they're going for a double digit winning streak tonight. <laughs> Those three days between games make you think like you're starting over. It's almost like what you what you go with from a playoff series to a playoff series. Mm-hmm. You end round one, you get a couple of days, and then you start fresh, and everything's at the beginning. That's not the case. They're going for a 10-game winning streak tonight. Yeah, it's it's wild when you really kind of sit back and think about it. But, you know, for the Golden Knights, it's it's uh, it's an opportunity here to, to – and I think this is kind of beyond the 10-game win streak. I think that, that really the carrot here for the Golden Knights is what a win will do to lengthen that gap between them and the Colorado Avalanche. But, again – this is a team that right now is one nine straight. They have really grown in terms of their game plan, their execution, and they're a team with full confidence in their ability right now. So I'm very much curious to see how the Golden Knights roll into this game off of the rest with that nine-game win streak on the line. And I love our listeners because you ask something of them, Ooh. they are right on board with giving you the answer. And I asked the question, what's it called when you hear a piece of music and then you can play it? By ear, or mm-hmm. but I didn't think it was by ear, and Jeff and I were talking about it because we don't know these things. We think we know them. We're like, what's that called? There's a term for that. Well, Carnell Johnson, uh, Golden Pipes himself, that makes sense. sends uh, sends me a note on Twitter and says, when you use your ear to hear something and are able to play it, it's called da 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 da. He didn't say da 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 da. He put dot dot dot. Play by ear. It yep. is play by ear. Yep. That sounded too simple, didn't it? Jeff, yeah, we're both nodding. Unless, unless you're talking about perfect pitch, which is hearing a note and able to play and tell you what it is. So, and, and I wasn't talking about that. I was talking about just being able to hear something and being able to play. It's playing by ear. So thank you to uh, Golden Pipes, who a uh, longtime and loyal listener of the VGK Insider Show, even with me on the program. He stayed with us, which is saying something because he wasn't the biggest fan at the start. He's come on board. That's because I've done a masterful job making you relatable. <laughs> I wonder if he feels like there's a different vibe in the building tonight. Because it is. Uh, you, if, if you can make me relatable and likable, then uh, an agency should hire you somewhere in the Las Vegas Valley. Because some people could, uh, could uh, use your skills. So we got some BHK Insider news. Uh, for you on one-timers and want to let everybody know that uh, Gerard Glant has been hired by Hockey Canada, named the head coach of Team Canada's entry into the World Hockey Championships in Riga, Latvia, which will start uh, mid-May. They will go over there. And Mike Kelly, a longtime assistant coach, will also be part of that team. So uh, no... uh, 
Nothing on the NHL front for Gerard Gallant, although I would think once we get through this season and Seattle still has to name a coach, uh, we'll see what, what, what happens on that front. But uh, for now, uh, his name is back in the mix, uh, being named Team Canada's coach for the World Championship. Yeah, I think it's a it's a good move for Gerard Gallant to just kind of get out there and, and coach again. And, you know, it, it'll likely be the, the type of tournament that, you know, as, as we turn the page to next season, Gerard Gallant's going to be somewhere. I, I just I think that he's he's too good of a hockey coach and he's he's got too good of a track record uh, for him to not find a, a job in the NHL. And I think that this is just one of those stepping stones to getting back with an NHL club. Uh, Jonathan Drouin of the Montreal Canadiens, a talented forward, has taken a leave of absence uh, from the Canadiens. Uh, they're not. Uh, saying what uh, it is that he's dealing with only that it's uh, private uh, some quotes uh, from the team uh, just offering their support and saying it's a matter of uh, a somewhat serious nature and if you read into the quote so we're wishing uh, Mr. Thomas uh, uh, Duran uh, a great uh, bit of luck there Jonathan Duran a great bit of uh, fortune as, as he moves forward during his absence at a, at a time when the Montreal Canadiens are fighting for their playoff uh inclusion right now with uh, Jonathan Duran. Yeah, and, and you know, the fact of the matter is before Jonathan Duran is a hockey player, he's a he's a human and uh, in terms of making that decision, it, it, a lot's probably going to go into it obviously, but but in making the decision, that's his decision. Respect the privacy and and just don't be ridiculous on social media about it. Don't don't do that. It, just don't do it. You're just, talking to me? No, no, not you. I'm talking oh. to like I, the, like, the Montreal. Geez, I, I, no, 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 no. I don't think no, I tweeted no, anything no, about the, it. The Montreal Canadiens put out that news, and the comment section on that post was absolutely disgusting. Okay. It was absolutely disgusting. Don't do that. Okay. That's all. Soapbox moment. Feel not you. I feel a lot better now because I thought I was getting tuned in there, and I. You, know, you, you you like barely use social media, so it's really I know, and that's why like I any, wonder. Any time I'm going off about social media, it's 99 percent not about you, unless you're talking about like like two or three spaces between words or or drives people crazy. It's the worst thing to do. What are you doing? What my my daughter hates it too because it's not right. My daughter thought I would was kidnapped i was sending her notes the other day and i was i was doing that and she's like does somebody have your phone who's got your why why no, would you type like that listen the, the 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 hardest honestly the the hardest um transition that i've had to deal with with you in the co-host chair is is getting text messages from you because i can't read them really with ha space ha space ha space it makes me nuts man should it just be ha 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 Yes, because it's all huh. one word. Ha 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 is just one word. You yes. Don't go, ha ha ha. No. Have you ever laughed that way? Ha ha ha. No, not really. Yeah. Huh. Yes. There's a bit there. We just did. Chapman knows. Oh yeah, it'll get published sometime in October. <laughs> Leave me out of this. That's not. See what I just. I, I laughed organically. <laughs> you didn't it was go. Ha, ha, oh, you ha, went ha ha. ha. Yeah. No, it wasn't. <laughs> Uh, no spaces. You should do that with Siri one day. It's pretty funny. You make Siri go, ha, ha, ha. Uh, Jenny Malkin may return to the Penguins on Thursday. That's good news there. And they've been on a pretty good roll themselves already. Quietly. They went from being out and looking like they management, Ron Hexall and Brian Burke may have to make some changes 
in the offseason. Yep. Some significant changes to, boy, they might win the division. Never underestimate Sidney Crosby nope. in the absence of Evgeny Malkin. One of the few rules that I uh, live by. Don't bet against Sidney Don't Crosby. bet against Sid. Yep. Don't bet against Sid. Uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs can clinch a playoff berth tonight in our clinching scenarios. Did you know that? No. Nope. If the Montreal Canadiens defeat uh, the Mo- Okay, here's the scenario. The Maple Leafs <laughs> will clinch a playoff berth if they defeat the Montreal Canadiens in regulation and the Ottawa Senators beat the Vancouver Canucks in regulation. Or they defeat the Canadians in overtime and the Senators defeat the uh, Canucks in regulation. And the Edmonton Oilers and Winnipeg Jets game ends in regulation. And if three people in Saskatchewan see a comet. I, I think that last one is actually in there. That's yeah. fantastic. Well, listen, for a team that didn't make the playoffs last year, that's good. Ouch. Kind of forgot about that because they lost in that qualifying round. Exactly. In the best of five. If, if, you, if you don't take a moment to enjoy what you're witnessing right now with the Golden Knights and these first four years, just take a look at the Columbus Blue Jackets. The last two years, they upset a 62-win team in the Tampa Bay Lightning in the first round. Yeah. And last year, shocked the hockey world by ousting the Toronto Maple Leafs in their own building in the qualifying round. And right now, they're worse than the Detroit Red Wings. That's how fast it can change. Half their team's gone from those two clubs. And, wow, it can it can really change. Uh, the update there, the Maple Leafs are beating... The Montreal Canadiens right now. Oh, good so for them. They're, they're doing their part. And, oh. and the, But the Senators beat the Vancouver Canucks. So that goes against them. Oh, no. Poor, Munch, uh, poor Toronto. Yeah, that's, uh, we'll see. We'll see. They'll, they'll, they'll catch a break at some point. Um, what else do we have for you? How much time do we have? Because we, we do have 40 seconds. Show. A 40. Wow. That's amazing. You ask a question, 40 seconds. Perfect transition. Uh, it's a shorter BGK Insider <laughs> show today. I'm a broadcast professional, I can tell you that. Uh, shorter BGK Insider show giving way to the VGK Radio Network and the pregame show face-off at 6.30. Coming up next, it's Ryan Wallace teeing up the Golden Knights quest for a six-point cushion over second-place Colorado. Can they get it done? Thanks for listening. We'll chat with you tomorrow. Talk about this big game. And the review merit gives us all of the rankings coming up tomorrow on Fox Sports Las Vegas.